Welcome to episode 38 of A Politic. We are engaged in a progressive discussion of politics for people who hate politics in five to ten minutes. We try to keep it short and to the point. We encourage people and empower them. We're attempting to promote a transformation of our society for the benefit of everyone in the society. The goal of this podcast is to encourage voter registration and voter participation in the process of reducing the conflict and division in our society. What we're hoping to do is encourage you to get informed about the issues. Society as a whole really needs each and every one of us to vote based on making informed choices And that means really looking into the issues and not being fooled by all the misinformation available in the media. Some of it is accurate and true, and some of it is not. So we have to very carefully analyze the information that we use to form our opinions and our votes. A politic pledges to give high quality information that is not biased toward a political party. We will be critical of both parties, and we will be supportive of both parties when we think they're consistent with progressive principles. We're going to look at various topics through the lens of progressive principles as we're looking at significant days in American history, issues, policies, and programs. We want to examine these topics using real stories and real people. Again, all in relation to our progressive principles. This is the first of several episodes where we're going to join Steve in discussions of the historical significance of Donald Trump declaring himself the winner of the 2020 presidential election before all of the votes were counted, then claiming that votes counted after midnight of the day of the election should not be counted even though those votes were cast before the election was officially over. But some states refused to count their early votes until the polls were closed and the mail-in ballots could, in some cases, not be counted until all the votes cast at polling places were counted. With a national pandemic added to the mix, this whole complicated circumstances was a mess. Trump then is refusing to concede the election, even by the date of this publication, December 20th, 2020. He has filed 60 lawsuits to overturn the results of elections in various states, and all but one was thrown out by every judge or judge's panel including two suits by the Supreme Court of the United States due to a lack of evidence. In other words, there was not enough evidence to hear the cases. Many of these judges were appointed by Trump, including three of the Supreme Court justices. Not enough evidence. Trump is still claiming he was robbed with no evidence. So we need more of you unregistered citizens to jump in here, get registered, get informed about the facts of this case, 
and cast your vote in the next election. About 60 million Trump supporters are buying into his delusional disorder about having been robbed, even though he's lost 59 out of 60 cases in the courts. People, we need you now. By the way, the progressive principle at stake here is number three. Increases civic and political engagement within a culture of respectful civil discourse. As we said in the last episode, we cannot claim to be respectful when we're being dishonest. As Trump has been, in this case, refusing to admit defeat and falsely claiming that the election was stolen from him, dishonesty will never lead to progress. So thank you for joining us, and we're looking forward to our discussion. Welcome to episode 38 of A Politic. And today I'm joined by Steve. How are you doing, Steve? I'm doing real well, Bill. How about yourself? I'm great. Um, And today we're discussing something that is somewhat important today, but it'll be much more important in in the future over the next couple of years. Uh, And Steve, could you tell us what happened yesterday and why are we talking about it today? Well, again, um, this is uh, not being a lawyer. Uh, this is uh, something that that is always, in principle, kind of been possible, you know, as far as legal actions or attempted legal actions. Um, we are now less than days away of the uh, the um, electoral college's formal, uh, you know, vote on uh, declaring that the. Uh, Joe Biden uh, indeed is the president-elect. Um, it's just an official ceremony because all 50 states have now, uh, their legislatures have um, uh, decided. Uh, they to, certified. They certify. There's the word I was looking for. They certify all 50 states that uh, here's the end numbers regarding the two contestants for president and we're officially stamping all all of ours is saying, hey, we'll send this along to, you know, to uh, people who actually do the voting so that they can follow through on the ceremony, which I think is next Tuesday. Well, it appears as if the Republican Attorney General of Texas, which uh, the state of Texas went for uh, President Trump, uh, he has filed a lawsuit with the Supreme Court of the United States uh, to... Um, request that the Supreme Court decide in favor of uh, the Texas Attorney General's request that the certified votes of Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan, and uh, uh, Georgia be overturned, Mm. which is never, yeah, which is, it's unprecedented. Um, I think uh, just by saying that tends to glaze a lot of people's eyes over because it's a lot of legalese. But what this is doing is if the Supreme Court, in its infinite wisdom, were to agree 
with the uh, Attorney General of Texas, um, they would decide, which I don't believe there's any chance they will, that the validated final certified votes in the four states the, the Texas Attorney General is requesting be reversed um, would unilaterally then give Pre President Trump the win in the election from about a month ago. So when he believes... He believes that he legitimately won the election, which is delusional because he lost the election by more than 8 million votes. He believes that there were 8 million illegitimate ballots and that he really should have been declared the winner of that election and 17 or 16 other attorney generals from the states, uh, like, for example, Kansas, Missouri, Florida, Mississippi, those are just a few of the states, have agreed with this this lawsuit to overturn four states, they, and that's millions of votes. Yeah. Well, see, they, they, see, the thing about uh, the presidential election of all elected officials in, in American governance it is only the office of president that the mechanism of an electoral college, uh, a subset right. of citizens, validate the election. Yep. And that we you have to go back to the founding of the country to figure out why they decided they wanted to do that. But uh, it, I think, in my opinion, it's it's an anachronism in the 21st century. But that that's a debate for another time. The 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 disconcerting aspect of this whole exercise uh, from my perspective is that all of the 17 other attorneys generals represent re the states that went for Trump. Right. There isn't any state and so what we're basically, what they're basically attempting to do is circumvent the 160 million people who voted and who in each individual state have uh, you know verified who the winner is at the state level to overturn that decision and then leave the final judgment to nine people who are members of the the United States Supreme Court who have lifetime tenure. Now, this becomes a very problematic exercise. I don't think the Supreme Court is going to even touch this thing because it's, uh, you know, it, it really set a very, very bad precedent. It basically says you can have an election and that's all moot. We'll just let nine people make the final decision. And what I think is, is sad about this is that here's a, you know, there are people who truly believe in what they call states' rights, that every state in the union has the ability to have its own way of, managing, in this case, it's, a, it's election exercises. If any given state can tell another state or group of states that the manner in which they carried out their state election mechanics is not legal, then the whole architecture of American elections are, is, is, you know, tossed out the window. And every election can be contested to the point where 
no one really has faith in the exercise anymore. And who benefits from showing how America can exercise its, its democratic ideas? Would Putin like to see that happen? Would the leader of China like to see that happen? And then they turn to their people and say, see, this is what you want to grow into, a, a, a way of, of electing people that's always in a mess, always being called into question. You know, why don't you just go along with, with the way we run things? And so this is a very, um, uh, I, I would say, dangerous exercise. And unfortunately, there, there isn't a single democratic, um, democratically elected Democrat uh, from a state uh, who's an attorney general who's signed on, on to this. To me, it's sort of like sour grapes. It's like, uh, well, we didn't win fair and square, so let's go and take it to nine individuals who will make the final judgment. And, and one other point, not to be too long-winded, this is quite different than the Bush v. Gore decision. Right. Because we're at a point in the process where all 50 states have officially certified their election results. And so, and in some cases in Georgia, they counted the on votes three separate times. And the Bush v. Gore decision, which was 5-4, basically focused on one state and the judgment, as I remember, was to tell the, the uh, officials in Florida, as of noon tomorrow, you will stop vote, counting votes. Yeah. They were still, Florida was still in the process in 2000 of counting their ballots. Yes. And what that decision 20 years ago did was to tell the officials, as of noon on this date tomorrow, let's say, you stop counting. And um, I'm not quite sure, someone will have to check this, but I think, you know, after the fact, they actually went for, and of course, uh, Bush won that election as a result of how many votes he had garnered as of noon on that day. But I think, and I could be wrong here, I think people went back and actually did count the votes that were not allowed to be counted after the noon on Monday date. And... I think Bush prevailed. No, Bush did not prevail. Gore actually wound up having more votes. Yes. Had they counted all the votes and then certified, but by the Supreme Court saying you stop as of this, there were other votes that were left uncounted uh, that uh, Gore didn't get. And uh, and to his credit, Gore turned right around and gave a, a speech saying, I... You know, I declare that, uh, you know, Mr. Bush is the winner and the country went forward. Yep. But this, this guy, Trump's going kicking and screaming. Well, he has. And as I was mentioning to you, I was looking at the Polit Cook political report and the election results were basically that Biden ended up winning by more than 7 million votes, but Trump ended up winning in the battleground states by about 2 million votes, and Biden ended up winning in all battlegrounds by 9 million. So that was the thing that really bothered, I think, a lot of people, but Trump 
did win quite a few states, but ultimately Biden won the, the election. So, and we'll end it there for part two in the next episode. Thank you for joining us for episode 38 of A Politic. As you can see, if the United States does not reclaim the necessity of its presence conceding elections when they lose or providing strong evidence when they feel that they've been the victim of fraud, the American experiment is in big trouble. We badly need all eligible voters to get informed on the issues and then cast their vote. We can't blindly trust the media. All we can do is cross-check the information to see what's being told and to see if it's consistent and reliable and valid. But you must decide how we in this country will respond on the issue of presidential acceptance of elections. Again, I'm talking to all you people who haven't been voting, that 33 to 40% that just haven't felt like taking the time and trouble to become informed on the issues and then casting your ballot. You're the ones who will control the balance of power in the United States over the next 20 to 50 years. Good luck. Now we're going to move on and continue this discussion because there have been many developments that are very disturbing about this election of 2020. And of course, there's going to be a runoff in the state of Georgia, which will be uh, deciding control of the U.S. Senate between the Democrats or the Republicans. So at this point, we're siding with the Democrats, although we are very reserved in our supported the Democrats because they have a long way to go to really develop the credibility that they need to sustain their control in this balance of power. So thanks again for joining us. Have a great rest of your day.